0: Welcome to the Open the Hope Show. I am your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and sister, Rebecca Horsley-Berra. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. So we are going to be talking about something that's near and dear to your heart, because we're going to be talking about alternative grief treatments today. And one, the guest that we're going to have on, who I'll introduce in a minute, is a certified yoga therapist. And I know that you have owned yoga studios and you're a yoga instructor. So you and Ken have quite a lot in common. Ken Brenneman is who our guest is today. Ken is a licensed clinical social worker near and dear to my heart because I am also a social worker. And he is a certified yoga therapist based in Oakland, California. He offers culturally responsive and trauma-informed care with his clients and... He is he does ayahuasca assisted grief therapy. So welcome to the show Ken.
2: Thank you for this warm welcome.
0: I'm just wondering how you got into the field, I mean of, uh, you know, alternative treatment, yoga, therapy in general.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I'd, I'd love to talk very briefly about my first yoga teacher. And oh, okay. he was Great. he was a 16-year-old student at a school that I was uh pre-licensed social worker and I was getting supervision, and this youth would come into my, my sessions regularly. He never canceled, but one day he goes, none of this talk therapy is working. Can we do more of that breath stuff? And I was like, what, what? What? And I realized what I was doing was bringing some of my gym yoga into these sessions because we weren't going anywhere with trying to apply CBT or DBT or any kind of modalities that I was trained in. So with that, without too much longer, I, I got know, signed up for yoga training and then yoga therapy training. And um, it was really amazing to see not only him, but other students really uh, soak in the wisdom of body-based therapy. And um, yoga was just that modality that that was near and dear to my heart.
0: If someone wanted to go see somebody like you that was trained in being a yoga therapist, how would that be different than seeing somebody like me where it's talk therapy?
2: I'd say yeah. just right now, the three of us are looking at one another's shoulders on up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's a very typical way that we are in talk therapy land. And okay. and with with all due respect, like a lot of the times I think totally. the, the, the human species is about being up here, but we all from trauma based uh, practices and evidence-based awareness, like the body's talking to the brain and the brain's trying to communicate with the body. So inviting that in in a variety of ways, even if we don't even leave the, the therapy seats, sometimes it's just about rolling the shoulders back and feeling what the heart, yeah, exactly, right? And sometimes it can be a very inviting approach. It doesn't have to be like, do this, but what is it like when your body does this? And then people can talk about what they notice in their body.
1: How did you sort of segue into grief yoga?
2: In any ADEC gathering, I'm often curious when I hear people tell their origin story. And for me, it was that it, at a very young age, I was in kindergarten when my first pet died. And mm-hmm. I was immobilized for about four days. I couldn't go to wow. school. I just was mm-hmm. hit so hard by that loss. and And I also was surrounded by family members that didn't really know what to do with someone that was so... I guess, uh, empathically inclined to grieve. Um, Mm -hmm. And then later in life at age 18, my mom died at 42. And I was also in a place where people around me had their own approach, which was going through the motions, having a funeral, uh, moving on with life, talking about the deceased less and less. And that felt kind of backwards to me. Mm
1: -hmm. So Mm -hmm. through
2: social work, through yoga, it always made sense for me to not only take care of myself, which can be another thread of this conversation, but to realize that, wow, I feel such a calling to make community spaces or individual safe spaces for people to speak about their grief rather than close it off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I love what you said, you know, also like moving in that moving the grief through the body, like mm-hmm. knowing that like yeah, we feel the grief and we can sit with it and be sad and whatever experiences we're having, but then getting the movements along with all that to, to try to feel a little bit better and a little freer and lighter in your body.
2: Yeah, and oftentimes in the Yoga for Grief groups, we're we're in a circle and the altar's in the middle, so there is that n- neuro feedback. There's, there's these mirror neurons that are happening. People are, you know, holding their own experience, but they're also being able to be witnessed and be a witness for others. So there's, there's much to be said about a communal uh, holding space for one another.
0: You talked about your, your pet and your mom being significant losses. And I like that you also brought in your pet. Rebecca mm-hmm. had to put her dog down the other day. It's been really difficult for the family and uh you know i think sometimes that pet loss can be marginalized
1: and minimized yeah and what we're seeing i think in the family with this loss is past losses coming up and also my husband and my son like we just want to get outside and move we just want to move and then again i think about like how important like grief yoga is as well it's like you just want to move your body and move that grief through the body Mm -hmm. and and out as much as you know you can right right. so talk to us about your grief yoga classes what do they look like
2: Mm. well i i usually try to have somewhere here in, in oakland california i ask each person to bring an altar item to light a candle to really set an intention and and then really invite them to practice at a pace that works for them so no one has to know yoga to to participate and, and every, some people take a Shavasana for a big part of the movement practice and they just lay there knowing that they're in a space that they're co-creating with others. Um, I also have a tendency to, to acknowledge your, your, your pet loss, right? To invite any loss into the circle, which mm-hmm. social work training sometimes, is, is it a homogenous group or is it a varied group? But I feel like everyone can come together and really, allow themselves to see that that you know loss touches us in so many different ways
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i love that and i love how people are able to come together with and bring bring an object and have that shared grief experience and i love even lying in shavasana being there on your back the whole class that there is space for that that's beautiful yeah i'm curious about your ayahuasca um, (laughs) experience Mm -hmm.
2: The thread of my origin story is indeed that that social work was the first calling to be of service. And then yoga was introduced as trying to be a social worker, but finding an an orientation and a theoretical uh, modality that would really, I feel like my authentic self could show up.
0: I was wondering, what is, tell us what it looks like Mm. to go into a session doing ayahuasca assisted grief therapy.
2: Right. Well, the the preparation is just as important as the session itself and okay. and the integration as 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 important as all the 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 leading up to the session but the session itself can be either a day long or an overnight experience usually most most sessions last around four to eight hours long, but it varies okay. from person to person um, and Preparation and mental set and setting are very important, and so pre-screening and making sure someone's as prepared as one can be, having a meditation or yoga practice in place is really helpful. But when someone actually sits with the tea, I do find myself to be much more of a space holder than, say, a shamanic practitioner
0: you're a space holder, so you stay with them as they take their journey. Is that what that means?
2: Yeah, yeah. So okay. I would say that by the time someone has agreed to take a plant medicine as a mm-hmm. as a form of healing, they've done enough of their reading, enough of their you know ruling out any medical issues, taking themselves off of any medications that would interfere with the experience, and when they sit, I think people that call themselves space holders or guides or or psychedelic assisted therapists, they, we allow ourselves a place to, to make sure that they feel physically safe, but that they can go inward and do their work. Um, and a lot of the times people, like this is my story, but feeling really stuck in their grief is a reason that people will call out this. If someone's really new to grief, a lot of the times it might be too much too soon in some ways yeah, so it's, that makes it's about, sense. it's about timing yeah. as well. And when you're
0: saying your story, when you're, mm. I know that your mom died when you were young, you were only 18, yeah. right? Did you, have you yet used any of this for in your own journey to help mm. you or no?
2: I, I find that my years from 18 to about hmm, 35 mm-hmm. would would fit very well in the new, new uh, DSM-5 category, prolonged mm. grief disorder. Wow, um, while, while I didn't have necessarily the, the, the strong yearnings, the mm-hmm. muted or holding back grief and not mm-hmm. in allowing myself. So mm-hmm. at the, the time that I, I learned about plant medicines, I had tried talk therapy and really couldn't get to some of those places. And so when I sat with ayahuasca for the first time, What I was gifted was uh, a revisiting of some of the times where my mom and I didn't necessarily connect, but I could hold some, some compassion and forgiveness for both parties. It's kind of, I say that my, my stuck grief was like Groundhog Day when Bill Murray Mm -hmm. keeps stepping in the same puddle over and over. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, And getting more frustrated knowing I'm stepping in that same puddle. Uh, I think the ayahuasca journey that sort of shook things up and allowed me to do more ongoing grief therapy was more like Christmas Carol where i'm I'm guided to see something from my past and looking towards the future and being able to be held in a in a continuum of what it's like to really lean into my feelings about losing my mom
1: is it something that is done once is it done multiple mm-hmm. times and- when it
2: is more of a um, Therapeutic assisted, my, my uh-huh. philosophy is 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 this to agree to have one experience, integrate that, and then make a decision about a f- follow-up experience. Because okay. it's, it's very difficult to predict how much will show up and giving ample space and reverence for one's body, one's psyche and the plant medicines, I think that time in between sessions is is the approach I've adopted. Now, Mm -hmm. I know people travel long distances and will go out of the country. And I think that that allows them almost a retreat-based space. Mm -hmm. And some people will then commit to one day on, one day off, but they're also in a different kind of container.
0: Is there any advice or anything you would say to somebody out there that Mm -hmm. is, stuck feel stuck right now like you did in their grief
2: i do believe that leaning into an ability to trust that even if that stuckness feels like you can't see much beyond that stuckness that something is happening Mm -hmm. so for instance i i wasn't ready to to drop into psychedelics for many years even though I'd heard of them and in kind sight I can look at that now and realize that that wasn't necessarily stuckness that was a lot of internal getting ready for something
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I do believe that people that feel like gosh nothing's moved for so long to to really hold that amount of compassion and then to reach out if you know, this does sound like the right approach to ask their immediate circles, their own therapists or whatnot, to, to find some, someone in their community that now has a better understanding of plant medicines, to really build that trusting relationship so that if it does call to them, then they're, they're more ready to see what their intention is around what this stuckness might be.
1: This is more of a journey. It's not, I'm going to go to this first. I'm gonna, there are many other things I'm going to try and experience. And then, you know, maybe this will be the answer or something that will be helpful.
2: I think there's an importance of realizing that our Western minds, especially those of us educated in a war on drugs era, that this isn't something that this isn't something that is a panacea. So we can't just unleash it and say like, everyone should try this. Mm-hmm therefore the the preparation or the journey approach works best but likewise i think it does take the courage to have open conversations to see what the right approach might be for each person no cookie cutters here for sure
0: well ken i guess i just wanted to say in ending that from what i'm hearing is it also sounds like you know if people have been in talk therapy and like you said that only takes them so far getting, starting maybe with a yoga practice or reaching out to someone like you, who's a yoga therapist is a good first step and seeing if that can shift something in their bodies and shift something in their grief process.
2: Yeah. And And, yes, I I love that kind of that building into what other mm -hmm. parts of us can be invited into this. You know, One of the things I bring into even talk therapy are singing bowls right? And just allowing someone to have time where we're not trying to formulate thoughts around our experience, but to have an experience. The, the other sort of homework assignment I give people as they prepare for, for ayahuasca or other plant medicine journeys are float tanks. Those, you know, to be able to go in and quiet the body and the brain and see what comes up. And then to come back to therapy and then talk about that experience. You all said going out to nature, right? Gardening. There's some really uh, accessible, free things that we can do to then lean back into a therapist and see how, how prepared we might be for a deeper dive.
0: I love this, Ken. So um, how can people find you if they want to work with you?
2: My website is kenbrenneman.com. And um, I usually ask people just to sign up for a a 20 or 60 minute consult. And we really just explore possibilities. Uh, Some people really just want some, even through Zoom, we can do sound baths and different things that really help people kind of get into those non-ordinary mind states and, and practice that stepping in and then stepping out of those mind states. I feel free up a lot for the grieving heart.
0: Well, thank you, Ken. I love what you're doing with the body because grief does get trapped in the body and you are doing so much body work, which I think is really, really important. So
1: thank you so much for all you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. thank you, Ken. It's so wonderful that we have you as a resource here Mm -hmm. in the grief world. Thank you for watching the Open
0: to Hope show. If you want to see more shows like this, please go to opentohope.com and please remember that if you've lost hope, Please lean on ours until you find your own. God bless. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken.
2: Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Rebecca.
0: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another open to hope conversation where we invite
1: you to lean on our hope until you find your own.